A party seeking summary judgment may refer to any evidence that would be admissible at trial, such as depositions or deposition excerpts, party admissions, affidavits in support from witnesses, documents received during discovery, such as contracts, emails, letters, and certified government documents. The pieces of evidence should be accompanied by a declaration from the moving party that all copies of the documents are true and correct, including deposition excerpts. Each party may present to the court its view of applicable law by submitting a legal memorandum supporting, or opposing, the motion. The opposing party may also file its own summary judgment motion, called a cross motion, if the deadline still allows. The court may allow for oral argument of the lawyers, generally where the judge wishes to question the lawyers on issues in the case. Deadline for filing of the dispositive motions in the U.S. federal court system is set by the judge in the initial discovery plan order. If a party wants to file a motion or a cross motion for summary judgment after the deadline, it needs to ask for leave of court. Normally, federal judges require valid reasons to alter case management deadlines and only do so with reluctance. There are also freely accessible web search engines to assist parties in finding court decisions that can be cited as an example or analogy to resolve similar questions of law. Google Scholar is the biggest database of full-text state and federal court decisions that can be accessed without charge. These web search engines often allow one to select specific state courts to search. Summary judgment is awarded if the undisputed facts and the law make it clear that it would be impossible for one party to prevail if the matter were to proceed to trial. The court must consider all designated evidence in the light most favorable to the party opposing the summary judgment motion. If a trial could result in the jury or judge in a bench trial, deciding in favor of the party opposing the motion, then summary judgment is inappropriate. A decision granting summary judgment can be appealed without delay. A decision denying summary judgment ordinarily cannot be immediately appealed, instead, the case continues on its normal course. In United States federal courts, a denial of summary judgment cannot be appealed until final resolution of the whole case, because of the requirements of 28 U.S.C. Section 1291 and 28 U.S.C. Section 1292, the final judgment rule. To defeat a summary judgment motion, the non-moving party only has to show substantial evidence that a dispute of material facts exists, regardless of the strength of that evidence. For example, even if the moving side can produce the testimony of a dozen bishops, and the non-moving side only has the testimony of a known liar, then summary judgment is not appropriate. Deciding on the relative credibility of witnesses is a question for the fact-finder at trial. Where appropriate, a court may award judgment summarily upon fewer than all claims. This is known as partial summary judgment. It is not uncommon for summary judgments of lower U.S. courts in complex cases to be overturned on appeal. A grant of summary judgment is reviewed de novo, meaning, without deference to the views of the trial judge, both as to the determination that there is no remaining genuine issue of material fact and that the prevailing party was entitled to judgment as a matter of law. State Court Practice Summary judgment practice in state courts in most U.S. states is similar to federal practice, though with minor differences. For example, the U.S. state of California requires the moving party to actually present evidence rather than merely refer to evidence. See Aguilar v. Atlantic Richfield Company, 2001. This is done by attaching relevant documents and by summarizing all relevant factual points within those documents in a separate statement of facts. In turn, the record to be reviewed by the judge can be very large. For example, the Aguilar case involved a record of about 18,400 pages. 
Also, California uses the term summary adjudication instead of partial summary judgment. The California view is that the latter term is an oxymoron since a judgment is supposed to be final, in the sense of completely disposing of the case. There is currently a conflict between the different districts of the California Courts of Appeal as to the availability of summary adjudication. Most superior courts tend to side with the narrowest interpretation of California Code of Civil Procedure Section 437C, under which a party may make such a motion only with respect to an entire cause of action, an affirmative defense, or a punitive damages claim. There is also language in Section 437C about issues of duty, but some Court of Appeal panels have given that phrase an extremely narrow interpretation due to evidence that the California State Legislature has been trying to stop the state courts from engaging in the piecemeal adjudication of the individual issues. In New York, there is the procedure of summary judgment in lieu of complaint CPLR Section 3213. This allows a plaintiff in an action based on an instrument to pay money only or a judgment to file a motion for summary judgment and supporting papers with the summons instead of a complaint. The motion must be noted to be heard on the date the defendant is required to appear under CPLR 320A. If the plaintiff sets down the hearing date later than the minimum, he may require the defendant to serve a copy of the answering paper on him within the extended period. If the motion is denied the moving and answering papers shall be deemed the complaint and answer, respectively, unless the court orders otherwise. Filing in Privacy Many U.S. district courts have developed their own requirements included in local rules for filing summary judgment motions. Local rules can set limits on the number of pages, explain if a separate factual statement is required, whether it is acceptable to combine motion petition with a response, and if a judge needs an additional copy of the documents, call the judge's copy, etc. Local rules can define page layout elements like margins, text font size, distance between lines, mandatory footer text, page numbering, and provide directions on how the pages need to be bound together, for example, acceptable fasteners, number and location of fastening holes, etc. If the filed motion does not comply with the local rules, then the judge can choose to strike the motion completely, or order the party to refile its motion, or grant a special exception to the local rules. Summary judgment motions, like many other court filings, are a matter of public record. So under Federal Rules of Civil Procedure 5.2, sensitive texts like social security number, taxpayer identification number, birthday, bank accounts and children's names, should be redacted from the summary judgment motion and accompanying exhibits. The redacted text can be erased with blackout or whiteout, and the page should have an indication that it was redacted, most often by stamping the word redacted on the bottom. Alternatively, the filing party may ask the court's permission to file some exhibits completely under seal. A minor's name of the petition should be replaced with initials. However, certain types of filings containing information that would otherwise be redacted are accepted from redaction. Additionally, the local rules may require parties seeking to seal documents to first file a motion to seal and obtain leave of the court prior to filing the sealed documents. A person making a redacted filing can file an unredacted copy under seal, or the court can choose to order later that an additional filing be made under seal without redaction. Copies of both redacted and unredacted documents filed with the court should be provided to the other parties in the case. Criminal Law Counterpart In the United States, the criminal law counterpart to summary judgment is the motion to dismiss. England and Wales In England and Wales, Part 24 of the Civil Procedure Rules governs the award of summary judgment. Summary judgment is available in all claims against both the defendant and claimant with the following exceptions. 
There may be no summary judgment in possession proceedings against a mortgager or a person holding over after the end of his tenancy whose occupancy is protected within the meaning of the Rent Act 1977 or the Housing Act 1988. There may be no summary judgment against a defendant in admiralty proceedings in REM. Canada. Summary judgment procedures were broadened in Canadian courts in the 1980s. With the exception of Quebec, which has its own procedural device for disposing of abusive claims summarily, all provinces feature a summary judgment mechanism in their respective rules of civil procedure. Ontario, after a study on the issues of access to justice, reformed its rules in 2010 to extend the powers of motion judges and masters for ordering summary judgment, following the introduction of similar measures in Alberta and British Columbia. In 2014, the Supreme Court of Canada encouraged greater use of the procedure by the courts in its ruling in Riniac v. Malden. In this case, the Supreme Court of Canada announced a cultural shift, in favor of greater reliance on summary judgment motions to adjudicate disputes, as opposed to reliance on conventional trial. This shift was urged by a desire to increase access to civil justice, by interpreting summary judgment rules broadly, favoring proportionality and fair access to the affordable, timely and just adjudication of claims. However, since the decision in Hyniac, a number of court decisions have sought to limit its use in the context of motions for partial summary judgments. In Butera v. Chown, Cairns LLP, the Ontario Court of Appeal reports the increase in summary judgment motions that have flowed since RENIAC and that judges are required to spend time hearing partial summary judgment motions and writing comprehensive reasons on an issue that does not dispose of the action.